This teaching is from City Church Coventry. You can find us online at www.citychurchcoventry.org. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the Lord's day I was in the Spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, Write on a scroll what you see, and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamon, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. I turned round to see the voice that was speaking to me, and when I turned I saw seven golden lampstands, And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Write, therefore, what you have seen, what is now and what will take place later. The mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and of the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. That's the scripture that I want to uh, share with you from this morning. Revelation 1. And uh, I want to talk this morning about how we can position ourselves for a deeper revelation of Jesus and um, self-isolation uh, that many of us are experiencing at the moment is, is actually quite a common thing in the scriptures. Uh, Moses, Elijah, David, many others had periods where either God had directed them or God had uh, kind of conspired their circumstances to lead them to a period where they were alone and when they were away from, from others. And these times of isolation often produced profound, life-shaping encounters with God. When we come to the New Testament, I think it's really interesting that the portions of the New Testament that really carry the deepest and richest revelations of Christ uh, were written by men who were in prison. So Paul writes um, Ephesians and Colossians uh, while he is uh, while he's imprisoned, Ephesians, this great revelation of of the church and the purpose of God and Colossians kind of very much a, a partner book to it that that really just focuses on on the person of Jesus Christ, uh, deep and profound revelation of, of who Jesus is. And John, and that's where we're going to look this morning. John writes revelation from Patmos and Patmos was it's a it's a tiny island. Um, and it was used as a penal colony. It's where the Romans sent those that they considered to be troublemakers, whose presence within the wider community uh, they saw as a threat or a nuisance. And that's where they sent people. That's where they sent John uh, to stop him causing trouble by talking about Jesus. 
And so he's away from his normal circumstance. He's away from from meeting with his brothers and sisters. And he's uh, he's on this on this island and he has this amazing encounter with Jesus. And at least this wonderful revelation that really book of Revelation is all about giving us an insight and understanding into how the purpose of God is unfolding through the present time. Revelation as a concept, of course, isn't about things. Sometimes the book of Revelation is mistakenly called the book of Revelations, as if, as if the different visions and the different things that come through are one revelation after another. But the book itself begins by telling us what it is. It says the revelation of Jesus Christ, the unveiling uh, of Jesus. It's, it's, an, it's an unveiling. It's a pulling back the curtain to show us who Christ is. And of course, it begins with this amazing vision of Christ that John has. And revelation then isn't about things. It's always about a person. It's essentially it's a revelation of Jesus Christ. And from that revelation comes things like the knowledge, our knowledge of the father. So in John 14, 9, Jesus says, whoever has seen me has seen the father. Uh, so this so seeing Jesus, a revelation of Jesus discloses to us uh, the father and his character. Um, it also a revelation of Jesus is also the beginning point of our understanding of God's purpose. So in Ephesians 1, 9 and 10, it talks about God was making known the mystery of his will according to the, his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. This idea that, that when we see Christ and when we understand him, we see something of the purpose of God. And um, revelation of Jesus is also the beginning of all truth. Ephesians four twenty says this, the truth is in Jesus. And when we see Jesus, we see truth. So that our knowledge of doctrine, teaching, etc., all comes from a revelation of Jesus Christ. And it seems that when God wants to give his servants a deeper insight into Christ, a brighter revelation of the glorious son, he takes them into a place or a situation where many of the normal distractions of life are taken away. Um, And this was exactly what happened with John on Patmos. And I want us to just look at three things that uh, seem to me to be keys to how John received this a wonderful revelation of of, of Jesus, um, and the first one uh, the first one is this: is that John uh, acknowledges that he is um, uh, partnering with the people he's writing to in the kingdom of God. But in 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 addition to the kingdom, he says he says I'm your partner in the tribulation, the kingdom, and patient endurance. And um, these th- three things come as a, as a package, uh, tribulation, the kingdom and patient endurance. And we all like to get excited about the kingdom of God, don't we? Uh, the kingdom of God is coming. The power of God's being displayed, the rule of God. Um, but you know what? John had an understanding of the kingdom that was that it comes with tribulation and it comes through patient endurance and john is saying to his his readers look i'm i'm a partner with you in the kingdom but that also means we're partners in tribulation we're partners in patient endurance you want to do you want to serve the purpose of god in your generation then be ready for trouble that's just what tribulation means and develop your patience and persistence um john had had an understanding of the of the things of god a mindset that understood the way that God was working, the way that the kingdom was coming. And I believe that prepared him for this encounter. You see, Jesus had promised 
this this one of the one of the one of the greatest promises of Jesus. He said, "In this world you will have trouble." And you think, "Well, thank you, Lord, for that." Um, <laughs> Peter tells us, uh, "Don't be surprised uh, when you're suffering, as if something strange was happening." Um, and those both sound a bit negative, but we can read on in, in each of those references. Jesus says, "You know, in this world you will have t- trouble, but take heart because I've overcome the world." Um, Peter says. You know, don't be surprised when you suffer as if something strange was ha- were happening. But he says, but when you suffer, you know that you're at the same time receiving an impartation of the glory of God. And so. Why do why do we need this patient endurance? Well, because victory is coming. Glory is coming, even though we haven't seen it yet. And so that gives us a, a right response to trouble. That gives us the right response to, to things being delayed and deferred, because we know that part of the nature of the coming of God's kingdom is that it comes through times of trouble and it comes to those who endure with patience. And John had that mindset. He had that right approach, that right understanding to the things of God. And so he didn't get frustrated by being in prison. Um, he didn't kind of like go, oh, so what's going wrong? I must have stepped out of the will of God. No, he understood um, that trouble was part of his calling and that his response to that was to, to have patient endurance. I don't know how long he was there. Tradition says this is towards the end of his life um, and uh, and, and uh, that, that he was an old man when he received uh, the visions in the book of Revelation. Um, but he was a man that understood patient endurance. The second thing I think we can learn from John is he says this. He says, on, on the Lord's, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And so he didn't just have the right mindset, but he also had, had developed and uh, cultivated a way of life that meant he was already in the spirit before God turned up. You know, in, in Old Testament times, we kind of have this picture of the spirit of God rushing upon people uh, when, when God wanted to do something. And uh, whilst I think many of the Old Testament heroes had a much deeper and more continuing relationship with the Holy Spirit than that, certainly in the New Testament, we're encouraged again and again to cultivate this life of walking with the Spirit. Uh, Now, the phrase to be in the Spirit, what what does that exactly mean for John? Well, I'm not sure we can know exactly what it meant for him um, in Revelation 1. But the New Testament uses it in a number of ways. Let me give you one example. Romans 8 verse 9, Paul says, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. And so the indwelling of the Spirit brings us into this place, into this status of being in the Spirit. Um, We have a continuing ability to fellowship and to communicate and to talk and to know the companionship of the Holy Spirit. Um, I've been reading this book recently. Pray in the Spirit by Arthur Wallace, and um, uh, he he talks a little bit about the phrase of what it means to be in the Spirit. Let me read you this quote from it. He says, now prayer is not the only activity in the Spirit required of us. The New Testament speaks of living in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, worshipping in the Spirit, rejoicing in the Spirit, etc. All that means is that each activity is performed by the power and enabling of the Holy Spirit. This is in exact agreement with what what we've already learnt is meant by praying in the Spirit. Expressed in the most practical terms, it means that the Holy Spirit inspires, guides, energises and sustains the act of praying. And so to take um, Arthur's uh, example there and and explanation there, to be in the Spirit is to be inspired, guided, energised and sustained by the Holy Spirit. 
is to live life in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Second Corinthians 13, 14 says this, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit, that continuing uh, communion with him. Fellowship is a communion. It's a sharing of life. And so I encourage you to cultivate a life that is lived, shared with the Holy Spirit. That's what you've received the Holy Spirit for, that you might, that he might share with you the life of Jesus. And so that your life and my life are not just our own lives, but they're the lives that Jesus shares and lives through us. The third thing that I think John did that is really uh, essential if we, if we want to have and be ready and to cultivate ourselves for a deeper revelation of Jesus. And that's when he heard the voice, he turned around. He turned around. He was ready to change. Now, obviously, although he was in the spirit, when God spoke, God was behind him. So the idea of being in the spirit doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be going in the right direction. It just means you're in a place where you're ready for an encounter. It's a place where you're ready to see something, a deeper revelation of Jesus. And any encounter with Jesus, any fresh revelation will require on our part a readiness to change. We've got to be ready to change. We've got to allow that what we see of Jesus reshapes and remolds and redirects our lives. Jesus called, but John had to turn around in order to see. New revelation will require adjustment because Jesus is the light by which we see everything else. And revelation is about this, 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 the shining of the light of, of, the, of the risen Christ into our reality. Second Corinthians 4, 6 uh, says this, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let light shine out of darkness. That's how he began creation. And now he's bringing a new creation into us. And he's shone in our hearts. And it says the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That when we see something fresh of Jesus, John literally saw the, the shining face of Jesus. And it revealed to him, it, it shone light that gave him knowledge of God's glory. And God's glory, of course, the Old Testament tells us many times that all the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory as the waters cover the sea. And so, again, this, this revelation of Jesus is about pointing forwards to what God is ultimately doing in the earth. Now, for John, this revelation was almost one of, of death and resurrection, wasn't it? He says, I fell at his feet as though dead. But Jesus said, don't be afraid. Right. And you know what? In this revelation that John gets, he gets a new season of ministry, a new calling of God. He's now going to write, he's going to reveal, he's going to, he's going to explain, not just to his contemporaries, but still to us living nearly 2,000 years later, these wonderful insights into Christ and his kingdom and his purposes. And I believe if we want a deeper revelation of Jesus, and, and, and we, can, we can choose to respond in faith to the situation we find ourselves in, whatever kind of lockdown you're under, whatever kind of restrictions you're under, where normal fellowship is, is impossible, when, when you're not free to go and do as you want. But we can choose to respond in faith to that, to say, Lord, we know there's so much evidence in your word that you use these times to bring people to a place of encounter with you and of deeper revelation with Jesus. And so we respond in faith and say, Lord, we want to prepare ourselves to receive all that you've got for us in these times. And if you want to 
be ready to receive deeper revelation of Jesus. You need to be ready to to yield to the call that may come with it. Um, my prayer is that none of us leave this situation the same, that the church doesn't leave this situation the same, that what we've encountered of Christ, what he's revealed to us, all the things when, the, when, when so many things have been stripped away, that the essential things that are still there become ever more profound to us. Because seeing Jesus spoils you for anything else. It's like the disciples when they said to Jesus, when he asked them, were they going to leave as well? Remember, he, he talks to the crowd about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And, and most people kind of go, mm, I think I've had enough of this. I quite like the, the, the miracles and the healings, but, but this is getting a bit weird now. And most of the crowd left him and he turned to his disciples and said, well, are you going to go as well? And they say, well, where else could we go? You have the words of eternal life. Jesus had spoiled them for anything else. His words had spoiled them for anything else. And, you know, I, I, my prayer is that we encounter something fresh of Christ. We get a deeper revelation of who he is, that as so many things of the clatter of the world is stripped away. And I know for many of us, other things have tried to invade as well. And, and life is not necessarily straightforward. But to respond and say, Lord, time and again, through the word, you've taken your people into this kind of situation because you want to reveal something fresh of yourself to them. And to say, Lord, we want to be ready for what it is that you're going to that you're revealing. We want, first of all, to have the right mindset to know that this isn't uh, something um, uh, surprising. This isn't something that has been caused by us doing something wrong. But the kingdom comes w through trouble and through patient endurance and to cultivate our lifestyles of living by the spirit so that we are in the spirit and that's where he finds us and finally that we're ready to turn and change when we see something fresh of Jesus and hear something fresh of his call. Thanks for listening to this teaching from City Church Coventry. You can find more great teaching and other resources on our website at www.citychurchcoventry.org.